Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Headlocks and Promos, presented by Dual Phoenix Productions, where we talk about everything professional wrestling, past, present, and future. And now, here are your hosts, Draven and Bill. Welcome, this is your host, Billiam here for another week of my awesomeness and professional wrestling. Today we look back on one of the greatest lost treasures in professional wrestling, managers and valets. This is Draven the Sledgehammer. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Anchor is what we use to distribute to all the listening platforms. All right, William. So this week, our topic is managers and valets. And while we're on that, let's start out right out of the gate, nice and hot. Who do you think is the most overrated professional wrestling manager of all time? Who's the worst? There's so many to choose from. I'm going to have to go with one that I actually liked him. The Doctor of Style. Slick. The guy, he had a lot of wrestlers in his stable. I mean, he had the big boss man, Akeem. He had the warlord at one point, for Christ's sake. But he never really did anything. He was an okay talker. He had his own theme music, which was nice. Yes. And he had a cool nickname. Like I said, the Doctor of Style, Slick. I didn't really care for him when he became the Reverend. It got got a little corny. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with him. He really didn't help his wrestlers out that much. He was, he might as well have been a valet. (laughs) And sorry, because I like you, Slick, but I'm going to have to go with you. What about you, Cornhammer? For me, it's going to be none other than J.J. Dillon. I think he gets (laughs) way too much credit for the Four Horsemen. Later in the episode, we're going to talk about our top 10 managers. I actually had him on the list at number 10 just out of respect for him being part of the Four Horsemen. And then it finally dawned on me, like, no. He's overrated, the most overrated of all time. He doesn't need to be on my list. I was going to say, I hope he's not on your top 10 list because you would already be disqualified from talking about it Right. I didn't want to get uh, swirly this week, so I kicked his his derriere right off. Good answer. Yeah. All right. So, moving on, who would you say is the most underrated manager or valet of all time? That's easy. Sensational Sherry Martell. (gasps) What? I agree with you. Wow. I know. Jeez Louise. Well, anyway, she she was a beautiful lady, great body, amazing worker, great on the mic. Got a little crazy at times, <laughs> especially, especially her years with Savage. She was WWF champion, women's champion before, Harlem Heat's manager. Yep. She did great. We both agree, sensational Sherry. A few other guys that you did not mention, she was with Shawn Michaels, Ted DiBiase, yeah. Shane Douglas, eh. Ric Flair. No, I don't even remember that one, to be honest with you. It was very short-lived. Wow. Well, uh, whoever had her, they had to win because right. she, she kicked some serious butt. She threw her body on the line for every one of her teams or people that she managed. She did. In this list that I have of Savage, Shawn Michaels, DiBiase, 
Douglas, Ric Flair, and then of course Harlem Heat. Oh yeah, those guys aren't slouches. Most of no. those guys are Hall of Well, yeah, all of them's Hall of Famers yeah. except for Doug- Douglas. So uh, yeah, enough said there. Who Dean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dean Douglas. So yeah, sensational Sherry it is. Most underrated manager valet of all time. Poll question. Number one, who was the first manager inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? All right, Cornhammer. Seeing as how I'm the best on the mic between us both, no competition, who do you think was the best manager on the mic of all time? I mean, is that even a question? Between us? No, it's not a question. I already decided the answer. So just know your role, shut your mouth, and answer the question. And like I said, is that even a question? Hands down, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Best on the mic ever. Quick-witted, funny as hell. If you don't agree with me, I am concerned. I do and don't. Okay. And? I agree as a commentator, he has no parallel. He is the godfather. As a manager, yes, he was good. But my pick is Paulie Dangerously because the guy for how many years now 30 some years now he's been doing it from when he actually used to have hair and he had that huge 80s cell phone yes yes he would wear a suit which he still does but it's just a little different now he was about a little different he was about it's a big difference he was about three bodies lighter (laughs) back then (laughs) but uh no the guy does it i mean he's amazing on the mic the only reason he is one of the only Good valets or uh, what does he call himself today? Uh, Brock Lesnar's advocate. Yes. Is he's great on the mic. I mean, he's amazing. I love Bobby. Bobby's my favorite manager of all time, which you'll find about. I think Paulie, as a manager only, hands down the best. You can't deny the 80s cell phone, that big brick that he used to carry yes. around. Yes, <laughs> and whenever you talk to anyone, you either refer to that as the Paulie Dangerously phone. Or Paul. Or... Oh. Or Zach Morris. The Zach Morris phone. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. <laughs> nice try. All depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> so, William, who was the most dangerous manager of all time? And if it's all right with you, I would like to go first and answer this one. <laughs> you're going to be wrong, but go ahead. Okay. Let's, uh, let, let, let's see what you got to say. Sorry, you always think I'm wrong, but you know what? It's well, fine. You always are wrong. So, there's a lot of great managers out there that could have taken the title of most dangerous all time, either on the mic, in the ring. I think I'm focused on mainly just being outside the ring and being dangerous. I'm going with Mr. Fuji. What? He had the cane. Beat you with it. The salt in the eyes. Screwed Bret Hart out of the championship with it. He usually got the salt in the wrong person's eyes. And coming from biggest Powers of Pain fan in the world right here, I can attest to that personally. Don't you remember WrestleMania Five? Yes, I, I do. do. And I I'm do. still mad about it because he should have never been in the match. I, I think why I have to go with Fuji here, there's some other great managers that were dangerous outside the ring, like uh, Jimmy Hart with the mic. Uh, Bobby Heenan, a lot of great guys, but I got to go with Fuji because I was a big Demolition fan and he was a big part of developing Demolition early on. God, Demolition's awesome. Powers of Pain should have whooped them so but, many times and don't but, but, but me. But they didn't. <laughs> blame Vince. I still blame Vince. That's a crock of Okay, sh- let's move on. Let's move on. All right, I'm going to tell you, you mine. I'm going to tell you mine. There, I have two of them because they, male and female, they put their body on the line more than any managers ever. And I'm going to say Bobby Heenan, Sensational Sherry. Sherry would get involved 
It didn't matter the size of the wrestler, who the wrestler was. She would go in and help either a singles wrestler she was managing or a tag team. Bobby Heenan, the same way. He would always, always, always help his wrestlers out. I still remember being so freaking upset when he held Ultimate Warrior's foot down at WrestleMania 5 so Rick Rude could beat him for the Intercontinental Championship. Although I liked Rick Rude, I was mad that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. But, I mean, those two... Hands down. I mean, they put their body in the line for everybody they managed. I mean, most of the time, I'd like to tell you you're wrong, but you actually made a good case for him. I I agree with you. Never gets old hearing that, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) That big head of yours. Poll question number two. Who was the last wrestler that Bobby the Brain Heenan managed? Since our topic today is managers and valets, hey, Dorktron, who's your favorite manager of all time and why? Ooh, that's a good one. I know. That's why I asked it. I asked the pressing questions that my millions and millions of billion fans want to know. So Millions? And millions. Wow. Well, my favorite manager of all time, I'm well prepared for this one because I know you know, is Miss Elizabeth. Ooh. Yes. I loved her as a little boy. You swerved me. Yes. Miss Elizabeth, Daisy Duke, and Julia Roberts were my first loves. (laughs) All beautiful women all need to be in a beautiful Hall of Fame somewhere. So that's why you like to wear Daisy Duke cut-off jeans? Huh. Makes sense now. Really? Because... Well, Billiam, look at what you're wearing. Whoa, don't go there. Yeah, I'm wearing jorts, but they're below the knee. They're not like yours (laughs) where your left testicle hangs out at times. I know. Billiam, I do not appreciate you talking about my testicles. We're talking about favorite managers. (laughs) Okay, well, anyways, on the business, I was well prepared. The sexist type of guy you are... I figured you would not accept my Miss Elizabeth answer. So as far as actual manager instead of a valet, I have to go with either Bobby Heenan because he's the greatest ever. No question at all. With a 1B being the manager that helped get the Hart Foundation off the ground in the early mid 80s and helping develop those two very, very, very green wrestlers. Yeah, you're right. Jimmy Fart put together the Fart Foundation. That's that's never going to end, is it? The fart jokes? <laughs> no, never. Never, never, never. Okay. <laughs> All right, what about you? I'm interested in your answer. Not well, really, but just give it to us. My favorite manager of all time, Heenan, duh. I mean, the guy... Wait, this is like the second or third question we've agreed on. Well, no, you said, Are Miss, you Eli- co- you said Miss Elizabeth. Nice You're copying try. off me. Yeah, that ain't happening. It's, <laughs> okay, continue. Yeah, more the other way continue. around. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You couldn't ask for a better manager. He was your friend. He was your confidant. He was your manager. Sometimes he tried to be your bodyguard, even though he was a lot smaller than all of his wrestlers. And he was your mouthpiece. What more could you ask for? He was the perfect manager. There's none above him. No question. Try to argue with me. Knocking you out. Did he schedule all of his wrestlers' plane trips? Yeah, yeah, he did all that. He's, Automobiles? Yes, yes, Good, yes, good, yes. I'm glad to hear. I used to talk to him about it. I used to try to help him figure stuff out, where guys were going to fly and who was riding with who. I bet he'd send you his weasel outfit to I wash would, and dry Oh my him. gosh, I would love that. I, I knew you would. <laughs> 
All right, Billiam, which manager of LA was the best in-ring competitor of all time? No question. Might have to get a little bit repetitive, but got to be Sensational Sherry. She, she was, was great. I'll get, I'll, WWF yeah. Women's Champion. Enough said. She, once again, put her body on the line for her teams, put her body on the line for... Hold on a second. What about Jim Cornette? He did way more than her. Whoa, not in-ring. And plus, she could whoop she Jim Cornette's the butt. scaffolding and fell off <laughs> WCW. I remember that. He's still, Sherry would have whooped him and then some. Yeah, she would have whooped 90% of the managers out there. Oh, you got that right. All right, so for me, someone like Freddie Blassie, he had a storied in-ring career. However, I am going with Mr. Fuji. Again? Yeah, again. He wrestled in Hawaii. WWWF. Mid-Atlantic, Georgia. He was a well-known tag team. Yes, he was. He was tag team champions with Mr. Saito. I think that beats anyone else on the list. As far as the ranking, I'm going to give his headlocks a six. He was already in the ring. I mean, I think I'm being generous with a six. Like yeah, maybe, maybe a 5.2. Uh, yeah, 4.8. <laughs> his promos, a three. I mean, as, as a manager, he was way better. But as far as what I've seen, as far as a, an actual wrestler, three. Absolute, the sky's the limit on that. Overall, look for, I mean, he was just a basic guy, just nothing special. Are you talking about manager wise or when he was a wrestler? As a wrestler. Okay. Only as a wrestler. Yeah, he didn't have grade. a good look as a wrestler. No, he did not. <laughs> I mean, once he went with the whole suit thing with demolition, oh, that changed. You mean my the powers whole, of pain? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's demolition right. first. Yeah, whatever. Demolition came first. But yeah, that, that changed my whole look on him was once he had the suit, but before. For that, yeah, he four was the limit on. He was rocking that dad bod. (laughs) He he was. What about you? uh, Well, since I didn't give it before, I got once again. I got to go with Sensational Sherry. She uh, her headlocks. She was a great wrestler. She could kick your butt as a manager. Have to give her eight to ten, depending on the match, Mm -hmm. because that's how I usually rank them. Her promos eight to ten, depending on. She was scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's she got the name Scary Sherry for a while. Yeah, I mean, because of her, I was scared of high heels and purses for a good while. <laughs> and then, anyway, her overall look got to be 10 plus. The, the woman's makeup was always immaculate. Her outfits were amazing. I mean, do you remember the time she came out dressed in the black and white cat outfit? Yep. Oh, yep. she had a great... Sorry, folks. Bill was going through a real rough time in the 80s. That's where she got all that product from. Okay, first of all, don't be putting my government information out there. Poll answer number one. The classy Freddie Blassie and Arnold Scotland. William, let's assume you can become a manager in any promotion. Get any talent and create your own stable. Whoa, whoa, Cornhammer. I'm already actively doing so. I'm trying to get into the business so I can really show you what's what. Okay, well, tell me which four stars you would want to get and what you would call your stable. Enlighten us in that warped mind of yours, please. Oh, no problem. But I have six altogether. I'm going to start. And you have to name your stable. You have to come up with a name for your stable. Okay. I will for now, but it's subject to change. Okay. Since you're putting me on the spot. Okay. I mean, I got to come up with something awesome, but I will. I'll give it a little interim name. Okay. Right now. We can handle that. All right. I'm going to start off the valet for every one of them, Mandy Rose. 
the woman is drop dead gorgeous. And I mean, if she can help out Otis, she can help out anybody. Know what I'm saying? All Hopefully right. she can help you out. Hey, I would love that. All right, I chose my stable as championships. I want one at every level. That way we can dominate the whole wrestling world. Intercontinental champ, got to go with Dolph Ziggler. What's that? I didn't think so. He is an amazing performer. He's good, not great on the mic, and he's got a good look for a smaller guy. Great worker. Now, for the tag team champs, if they would ever come back, I would love to have the AOP around. These guys are the modern-day powers of pain, and they need a push. They will get over so good while they destroy everybody in their path. All right, for my universal champion, got to be the beast, Braun Strowman. The guy, he's a modern-day Goldberg. Maybe not as quick, but definitely as strong and a lot bigger. He's better in the ring. You think than Goldberg? Oh yeah. I would love I would love to see them when they are both at their apex go at each other. That would be an amazing match. All right, so I've got one left, the WWE champ, the Hulk Hogan, if you will, of the group. And I have to go with none other than Randy Orton, the master of the RKO. He can knock you out put you to sleep in the blink of an eye, and you already know he can cut the best promos and his looks, 10. You are a, He's a third-generation wrestler, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I, how, many times, how many times champion is he? 14, I believe. Wow. Yeah, he's he's been under the radar a lot of years, even though he's been a superstar, but he's the one that would run that crew. And whoever you pick, we would beat the living crap out of you guys. Plus, our valet is hotter and tougher. Mm, No. Okay, well, my stable is going to be John Moxley, Brian Pillman Jr., Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, and the valet, Alexa Bliss. Valet. We're going to kill you. My valet kicks your valet's butt. I don't think so. We have the one of the best wrestlers of our generation. Chris Jericho can take out any of those. Um, Randy oh, Orton will kill him. No, those uh, jabronis you got. Anyways, my group's going to be named the Loose Cannons. Okay. Uh, nod of the hat to Brian Pillman Sr. My, I forgot to tell you my name. Billiam's Brotherhood. Okay. That's for right now. Yeah, come up I with something you. better. I like that. No, and you, I, you and can Ray, do Actually, you know who told me to do it? Randy Orton, we hang out at times. He told me to put that name, and I said, listen, let's get everybody together because we don't want anybody whining. So just for now, Williams Brotherhood, be squared. Poll answer number two. The poll answer number two is CM Punk. Are you kidding me? Bobby the Brain Heenan disrespected himself by managing that goofball. I can't stand him. Hey, he was the best in the world now. Yeah, straight edge, my... (laughs) He handpicked CM Punk. Bobby the Brain Heenan should have managed me. Nuff said. A nice addition we're doing this week is a nice, complete top ten list of our favorite managers of all time. 
I'm going to go ahead and start if that's all right with you, Billiam. Go ahead, because I'm sure your list is going to be wrong. So well, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure we'll listen to you talk for a half an hour. So. Oh, of course you will. Because right. I have the information that the people want to know about. I don't just gloss over stuff like yourself there, buddy. Oh, do you do your homework? Every week. Good boy. Sorry. Don't, don't hit me. Well, you need to shut your mouth. Don't. Okay. Test me like that. Okay. All right. So now, uh, seriously, on to my top 10 list. 10 to 1. We have Paul Heyman. 9. What? Mr. Fuji. 8. Paul Ellering. 7. Freddie Blassie. What? 6. Jim Cornette. 5. Sensational Sherry. 4. Miss Elizabeth. 3. Paul Bearer. 2. Jimmy Hart. And, of course, number 1, the best ever, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, I'll tell you what. You got one of them right. Actually, you got two of them right. Jesus Christ, ask the guy for a date if he was still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I would be going on the date with him. And didn't I tell you to sit in the corner and shut your mouth? Anyway, number one, Bobby the Brain Heenan, there's no question. And I also have number nine, Mr. Fuji. I'm going to start with a couple more uh, categories. I usually don't do this. I try to go off the top of my head all the time. But this week I had to have some notes because there's so many uh, managers slash valets in my head. A lot of knowledge up there. Yeah. You're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. In that little pea-sized spot in the back of my brain there, there's there's a couple little facts. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) Anyway, valets, no question. Miss Elizabeth, she's like the Bobby Heenan of valets. No one can can touch her. And I only have three. Number two, Sonny. Let's not really get into her. She was great when she was younger. She's run into some troubles as she gets older. So let's leave that at what it is. And number three, Gorgeous George, who was with Savage in WCW. And I know a lot of people might not like her because she ended up doing porn. But I did find out one kind of interesting fact about her. I mean, not only was she gorgeous, hence the name Gorgeous George, Cornhammer, do you realize that she married a guy <laughs> named Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's my cousin. <laughs> what? I'm Why kidding. would you never introduce <laughs> me to her? Anyway, honorable mention. I love Slick. Uh, Harvey, Harvey Whippleman. Say what you say about him. He had some big time players at one time. He, he wasn't the greatest. And did you know he was the cameraman who burnt Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan lost the championship belt against Yokozuna. Yes. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> number three, Brother even Love. When, even when I'm right, I'm wrong. Oh, that's that's a given. <laughs> Duh. Anyway, moving on before I was so rudely interrupted. Brother Love. I love you. Yes, yes. I really didn't like the fact that he was The Undertaker's first manager yeah it kind of gives you a dirty feeling it, it really really yeah, does. It does but i love the character he, i loved his show he was the perfect a to get under the skin of people the last one teddy long he's had a long career jesus criminy the guy managed mean mark callus at one point before he came to the wwf and became the undertaker correct All right, let me turn the page here. Let's get into it. It's a good song. Number 10, for me, Precious Paul Ellering. I know he's with the Road Warriors forever. He was okay. I was kind of shocked when he came to the WWF 
and managed the disciples of apocalypse that was a little bit corny for me because he was he was a road warrior he was agree I, I love the fact that in NXT he came back in 2016 and started managing whom I hope gets a good push today the authors of pain I know that they got rid of him once they came up to the main roster but It'd be nice to see him come back and guide those guys, kind of be like a Fuji Mm -hmm. powers of pain for this day and age, and hopefully get a bigger push than what my boys did or didn't get. And I want to make sure that no one gives you any uh, stink for this, but uh, they didn't actually get rid of him. He no longer wanted to travel, so he agreed to separate, not go up with Authors of Pain to the big stage on Monday Night Raw. Oh, is that what you heard? Did you not watch what happened on TV when they said, get out of here? Nice try. Anyway, back to my list. Go ahead and bash them, guys. Number nine, Mr. Fuji. Back in the day, in 1977, in the old WWF, he tagged with Professor Toru Tanaka. And can you guess who his manager was? No. None other than Classy Freddie Blassie. Oh. Also... He teamed with Mr. Saito and beat Tony Gurria and Rick Martel for the championship. Who was his manager then? Do you know that? Yeah. Who? Captain Lou Albino. Wow. Yeah. Check out the big brain Andre. <laughs> I, I can brag every now and again. Okay. Calm down. This guy managed wrestlers from Don the Rock Morocco to Jim Neidhart. They did a show about him, a spoof show called Fuji Vice, based on the show Miami Vice. And I know you loved to see Don Morocco in that beautiful suit. (laughs) He managed demolition. He managed the best tag team in the history of wrestling, the Powers of Pain. He managed the Orient Express. He managed a berserker who I thought they both should have went farther along. That he was a good character. He was like a new age bruiser Brody. Yeah, he was. But with a a real sword. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't like the hush, hush, but that was a big guy. He he was a very big guy. Yeah. And he managed none other than Yokozuna. And that was other than with demolition and the powers of pain, Yokozuna was probably the best fit for him. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. All right, moving on here. Paul Bears next, number eight. Oh, Percy Pringle. I I like the character. I mean, he had The Undertaker. He had Kane. He had Mankind. He had Vader. He just, I don't know. He 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 was a good manager. He didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Even though he, he was perfect for The Undertaker. The other guys, it was just okay. I, I think he really helped set the tone for The Undertaker. And that's why he was oh, so high, high, yeah. high on my list. They, they were perfect together. They were. He sh- I, and he was good with Kane. Mankind, not so much in the other ones, but Undertaker and him, perfect. All right. Number seven, Captain Sweet Lou Albano. There you go. Do you realize this guy uh, managed 15 tag team championships? Can you name all 15? I can. We really don't have. We're kind of oh, we're pressed for of, time. We're pressed so for time. I, yeah, so I got to get okay. through this. But Maybe next week. You already know I can. I yep. mean, I know, okay. I know everything about wrestling. All right. Yeah. I got... A little thing on the side. Did you know who he played on a television show? Of course I did. What? Mario from the Mario Brothers. Wow. I'm I'm getting a little bit blown away here because I'm shocked you know this stuff. 
this is why you hired me. <laughs> yeah, and I can fire you. Don't forget it. Okay. All right. Number six, Classy Freddie Blassie. Hulk Hogan's first manager. The dude looked like a pimp. He always had an amazing cane. Probably best known for the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And he loved saying one of your nicknames, Pencil Neck Geek. I resemble a Pencil Neck Geek. I got a question for you. Who was the most famous person he ever managed? Uh, I don't know. Seriously? I mean, I could guess, but I'm not going to waste everyone's time. And you're, yeah, you just said that's why you hired me. He actually managed Muhammad Ali against Antonio Inoki, June 26, 1976. Hmm, I did not know that. Well, school's over for the day now. You learned something <laughs> today. All right, we're going to go to number five. Jimmy Hart, Mouth of the South. Where do you start? The megaphone, the sunglasses, the crazy shirts and coats. Uh, Hart Foundation, Honky and Valentine, Honky Tonk Man. He managed the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Uh, Earthquake, Earthquake and Dino Bravo. That was an underrated team. Anyway, back to Jimmy. One of my favorite teams he managed was the Nasty Boys. That was a, kind of a perfect fit. How kind of crazy. They always were crazy, painted up stuff. So did he. You know something, Bill? What? Looking at a guy like you, I can see why. Why is that? No reason. Yeah. How many times I got to tell this guy to look in the corner and shut his mouth? I don't know. Just Where, Mr. Sorry. Where's my phone? Sorry. Christina? Anyway. Yes. We're going to have to, we need to talk after the show. What about, you You know, you're you're interrupting my time here. I'm kind of busy. Well, you know I'm the star, so uh, I think you can make some time. But I will, I will be respectful and wait till after the show. Thank you. You're very welcome. Back to my list. Number four, Sensational Sherry. She was born Sherry Russell. Her married name was Sherry Schroll. She was with Honky Talk Man and Jimmy Hart. Not a lot of people knew that. And they ran an angle where she started getting uh, jealous of Miss Elizabeth. And at WrestleMania 5, she got into a fight with her. And she ended up with Savage. Elizabeth ended up with Hogan. She, uh, the, the woman, I mean, there's no words. She, I've already explained earlier in this episode everything she's done. You know, all the people I've said before, she was with Shawn Michaels. You know, she started uh, having a thing with him. And then uh, Rick Martel. Remember she? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. She started having a little, he started flirting with her and yeah. caught her eye. Uh, Harlem Heat in WCW. The woman put her career and life on the line for the, the team she was with. And... When when they gave her a mic, she was just as good. She was gold on the mic. Are you talking about the time that she actually had to stop Harlem Heat from going too far when they cut the promo on Hawk Hogan? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Booker T started laughing right away because he knew. He, he knew wasn't he laughing. Was, well, no, he, he was, knew. He, but well, he he looked over to the side. I watched the video. I said so I can see that he laughed. I talked to him. He was scared that he, he doesn't did like it. you. I don't care if he likes me. You didn't talk to him because Stevie Ray said he tries to keep you away from Booker T. Okay. Any, anyway, so the last team I remember her managing, not the last team, but 
Did you know she managed Brian Pillman and Shane Douglas in ECW? I did. Did you? I did. I'm a Brian Pillman fan. I like him. I like him a lot. Was he, was he Dean Douglas, Shane Douglas, or whatever yeah, other Douglas he was? If it was ECW, it had to be Shane Douglas because he was only cornball Dean Douglas in WWE. Hey, don't bring him down to my level. That's my level. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that. All right. Now, on to my number three. Paul Heyman slash Paulie Dangerously. The guy is amazing on the mic. Didn't always... Uh, Hold on a second. You mean the guy that would much rather climb a tree than stand on the ground and tell the truth? Oh, of course. And he always had... Tell him about the time what he, what he told Tammy that he would do for her when she was in the ECW. Oh, I don't know. She didn't tell me. Well, I'll tell you. Here you go. You see, he had Tammy put up her share of the money so that way the boys can travel. But he also had to write a contract that he wouldn't hold the company in contest so that way she could leave the company and he'd still owe her money even to this day. <laughs> that is what I've heard about him. Yep. And back in the day, he used to help his wrestlers out. You know, the last, I don't know what, 10, 15 years, he's just there. He's sorry. He used to be really good. The, the mic work makes him amazing. I mean, the man created ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, not Eastern. He had a huge cell phone. <laughs> that he did. <laughs> Which was always cool. Him and Zach Morris were the pimps of the 80s. Down to number two. Can only be one. Jim Cornette, Mr. Mid-South. Mr. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Mr. Ohio Valley Wrestling. I mean, the guy mar managed Sherry Martell back in the day. And you gotta love somebody that carries a tennis racket with them <laughs> everywhere they go. And the suits. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of dress like him. Yeah, And your glasses look a lot like the, his. The red sport coats, the yellow pants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, only a couple guys can pull that off. Well... Uh, you can't, but he can. That's what you think. Anyway, the guy managed two teams that I cannot stand. They remind me of hillbilly redneck bouncers at the lowest rung of a strip club. The Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. I'd never liked them. I never knew how they got over. Sorry, not sorry. I don't care. They looked like they smelled like stale smoke and baloney. Okay, say no more, Billigan. <laughs> yeah. On to the next one. He did, he had a great run with Yokozuna. Not as good as Fuge, but he was he was good with Yokozuna. The I mean, the man is the Encyclopedia Britannica of professional wrestling, and his home is like a Fort Knox of information. Let me guess, you've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been up in that attic. Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice, to be honest with you. I learned a lot. Can you grab me a few of those magazines? No, no, you're not looking for those He's kind of magazines. He's also got one of the most expensive wrestling books ever put on the market called The Fall Guys back in 1940. Really? Yes. I did not know that. It actually, what they would Jim, do you didn't tell me, damn it. <laughs> Next time I come there, I want to see it. Now, there's only the, one. There, there's the anticipation only one. is over. My, the guy I aim to be like, Mr. Raymond Lewis Heenan. 
to all the ham and eggers and the layperson, Bobby the Brain Heenan. If any, if I hear anybody say Bobby the Weasel Heenan, guess what? Beck a record for you. He's the unquestioned number one. I'm going to gloss over some of the things he did because they're. I mean, we'd literally be here hours. You know that. Yeah, we would. We did. We would. So he managed Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA. That's about all I'm going to say that because I'm I'm more interested in his WWF stuff. But first, one of the best quotes. The man was known for quotes. One of his best quotes ever was, a friend in need is a pest. And to this day, I still love that. It's great. Well, dang, I've been calling you a friend the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're a friend in need. Billiam, help me with this. Billiam, help me with that. It hands down has to be the best ever. Yeah, without question. Thanks for agreeing with me. You're still corny. I mean, he managed guys like Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy, one of my personal favorites. All right, I'm just going to move on to the WWF because that's what I'm more interested in. The guy had the Heenan family, and you got to agree. If you don't, it doesn't matter because I'm right. Uh, He had the best stable probably in the history of wrestling. Not probably, he did. The guy had managed the likes of Ken Patera, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, the Brain Busters, Corny, King Kong Bundy, one of my personal favorites, Big John Studd, whom oh, I used to love me some Big John Studd, Ravishing Rick Rude, he was amazing with Ravishing Rick Rude, Harley Race, the Islanders, Hercules Hernandez, my boy, the Barbarian, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. And for a little while, he managed punk-ass Terry Taylor, the biggest stooge in professional wrestling. That's probably his only mistake he ever made in his career. He was the Red Rooster. And I loved it when he started managing the Brooklyn Brawler and brought him on to wrestling superstars to whoop the Red Roosters, but he slammed him, slammed him, if you remember, into that metal. They were either lockers or a metal case. We're talking about the same one that was the uh, Terry Taylor, the backroom stooge. That, 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 yes, that the stooge. stooge. He stooge to a lot of people. Ye- and, yes. and you also know that Gorilla got hurt. Yes, that, because yes. he got slapped. Yep. I was so mad when I saw that. Oh. That was not supposed to happen. No, it was not. And Heenan cut a very good promo afterwards, apologizing that he did not mean for that to happen. Oh, nice. Because he does have a heart, even though you don't like him. Anyway, on to the rest of the list. The one and only Ric Flair. He was his... uh, He didn't call him his manager. What did he call him? Do you remember when he brought him out? And it wasn't like Paul Heyman said he was Brock Lesnar's advocate. It is along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Anyway, uh, yeah, he had a good run with Ric Flair. They were they were pretty perfect together. Yeah, until um, Brett the Hitman Hart put that to a stop. Yeah, I I don't like Brett Fart, but I liked that because I'm not a huge Flair fan. Moving on. Excuse me. Uh, the Colossal Connection, Haku and Andre. They were tag team champions. And then when they lost, Heenan got mad and Andre took control. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> did they, Oh, then he whooped Haku and kicked him right out of the ring. 
Last but not least, Andre, the eighth wonder of the world giant. There's nothing to say about the man that's not already been said. He can drink more than you. He can eat more than you. He's stronger than you. He can do anything better than anybody. Yeah, absolutely. He should have been champ, although I understand why they didn't give him the belt. Yeah, he didn't need it. No, he drew no matter what. But one of the most beautiful championship belts ever is the Andre belt. The Hogan, yeah. the for me, the Hogan 86-87 and the Andre belt because they were very similar. All right, what else here? Let's see what we got. The Bobby Heenan show. What can you say about that? It was just straight comedy. It was until they tried to replicate it on WCW. Oh, then it was an absolute joke. That was horrible. I and, can't believe they let him do that. And as much as I liked the man as a manager, or actually when I was a kid, I disliked him. The older I got, I fell in love with him. When he became a commentator, when he was on primetime wrestling with Gorilla, that's when the love affair began. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the stuff he would do. Gosh, like I said, he brought the Broken Brawler on there while they were filming to beat up Terry Taylor. He had Rick Rude come on one time to beat up Roddy Piper. He moved to another studio, studio. Yep. to get studio away from a. Roddy Piper. Studio, studio a. a, Studio B, yes. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. And one of the saddest things ever, December 6, 1993, his last day in WWF, it was on Raw. When Gorilla fired him, it was funny, but at the end, I mean, you know, he gave the little, he was tripping over his bag and his clothes because Gorilla picked him up like by the gruff of his neck, yep. like I'm doing to you right now. Uh huh. And uh, they can't kicked, see that. They kicked him out. It doesn't matter. They know what I'm about. <laughs> kicked him up the aisle, kicked him out, kicked him out the, threw him out the door and shut it. I think he said good riddance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, of course, and he didn't fat. And uh, no, no, he oh, didn't gorilla, say yes, Gorilla, gorilla said yes. that. And then, uh, yeah. He, with a tear in his eye, he gave a little salute. And you didn't know it at the time because there's no real internet like today. Right, yeah. One of the things I always find funny about him is how he would always call himself a broadcast journalist. Yes. <laughs> and he loved saying humanoids and ham and eggers. Yep. So after that, he went to the WCW. And I'm going to... I mean, he was, a, he was a great commentator there. It wasn't like WWE. I'm sure you know about the Brian Pillman incident where Brian Pillman actually grabbed him by his neck. And I believe it was after he had his surgery or he hadn't had it yet. I think it was he hadn't had it yet. Okay. Yeah. So he was in a lot of pain. So. And he, yeah, cursed on live TV and had to apologize for it. But the thing I love about him most, other than when he said... Whose side is he? But whose side is he on when Hogan was coming out for Bash of the Beach 96? Kind of gave it away a little bit yeah. as Hogan was getting in the ring. No, that was classic Keenan. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Buff Bagwell got his <laughs> neck hurt? Yeah. Okay. So he, uh, he got through that match. He came back. And I believe it was the first time he was back on camera. His mom is pushing him out in a wheelchair. And once they get out of the curtain, Bobby, Bobby Heenan says, who's at his date? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that right there, that just tops everything off. I mean, his later years, 
obviously were kind of sad because yeah, they of were. what happened. But you can never take away the man was, is, and always will be a legend. Absolutely. We talk wrestling past, present, and future. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode. Whoa. Like I've said before, I'm not thanking anybody. My millions and millions of billion fans thank me every day for all the work I'm doing on my podcast for them. Before I finish, you forgot to do one thing this episode. What's that? Call me Cornhammer. I think I have, but I can if you want. Yeah, it don't feel right. Draven Cornhammer! Thank you. Now I can proceed. <laughs> Not sure how you fit those headphones on that big head of yours, Billiam. But I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're doing it. I hope you come back for more Headlocks and Promos next week. Please like and follow up on Headlocks and Promos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, you forgot. Headlocks and Promos at gmail.com. H-E-A-D-L-O-C-K-S- N P R O M O S at gmail.com. See you when I see ya!